0: Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. President Donald Trump signed the Tax Cuts and Job Act late last year. Since then, many of us in public accounting have been scrambling to learn. What many of the specific provisions outlined in the legislation mean for individuals and businesses alike. Explaining this legislation isn't easy, since we are still awaiting formal guidance from the IRS on a lot of these matters. Well, we still can provide you with a pretty solid overview of the legislation and our expectations of what's to come in the coming year. Today's episode of Unsuitable is dedicated to the individual provisions of President Trump's tax reform initiative but we're not going to stop there. Be sure to join us over the next several weeks after we dive deeper into this sweeping legislation and what it means to business owners. Cindy Kula, a regional tax expert and financial planner in Ray's Cleveland, Ohio office, is here to talk about the many ways tax reform will impact individuals when they go to file and plan for their 2018 tax return. We're going to talk about the changes coming to individual tax brackets Standard deductions, itemized deductions, personal exemptions, the alternative minimum tax, and much more. Needless to say, we have a lot of questions, and I'm looking forward to gaining some much-needed clarity on this matter. Welcome to Unsuitable, Cindy. Thanks, Dave. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, first of all, I want to—we um, first met uh, about a month ago, and I heard you speak at a conference on uh, financial planning. And was very impressed with your uh, overall knowledge of financial planning and tax matters. That's why you're here today.
1: Well, thanks, Dave. It was. Uh, I always look forward to speaking at the Mega Tax Conference. So it was. Uh, it's always rewarding to hear other professionals and their input because we can all learn from each other.
0: And over very few months uh, since uh, Waffle and Ray joined forces, you have become very famous across the firm. So congratulations <laughs> on uh, that hard work.
1: Thank you. I didn't realize it was famous, but
0: so one of the uh, one of the things that you had mentioned that the that the when I heard you speak at the conference is that you treat your clients like their friends and family, and that really resonated uh, with me. And I guess that's maybe where we start off with this new new tax act over the last few months. As you've been uh, talking to your clients and friends, you know what what are you hearing out there? What are you hearing on the street?
1: It's interesting you ask because it was the last week of the year and I must have gotten family just calling me. What do I do with my real estate taxes? Do I pay them? Do I not pay them? And there was really no uh, definitive answer, but there was nothing to lose. So we encouraged everyone to pay their taxes, even if there was an exposure for alternative minimum tax. We thought that that was the best solution because of the limitation being placed on them in 2018.
0: Don't you just hate giving tax advice to to family, family members? Well. And they never pay you very well, do they?
1: <laughs> no, but they say thank you.
0: So, in as as you've studied the um, the Tax Act, in, in your opinion, do you think this is tax reform or is this tax simplification?
1: Mm, good question. Uh, tax reform. It's definitely not tax simplification because I think what they've done was complicate some of the calculations, uh, and I think we're. Going to have a separate presentation on pass-through entities, and that's going to be a complication in itself. I also feel that there is some tax reform in there. I think they're getting closer to eliminating the alternative minimum tax, but overall, I think that it really was not tax simplification, and we just had to be patient. And I know we do a pocket tax guide, and there were so many vague areas. And if this is the first time in forty years that I went through a tax act, that there was just vagueness in the information being provided to us. Sure. You know, they're not giving us any direct answers.
0: Yeah. And as, as you and I were preparing for uh, today's presentation, we, we had a laugh or two as we, we talked about the, the, the presidents that you and I have practiced under (laughs) and the various, uh, tax changes that occurred under each president. You brought up the term income averaging. Wouldn't it be great to go back and have some income averaging? Yeah,
1: it made us look like heroes to our clients. Uh, I think we're showing our age a little bit, maybe.
0: (laughs) So let's dig into the Tax Cuts and Job Act. And this is specifically uh, several of the provisions that will impact individuals. Now, we can't cover each and every one, obviously, but we're going to skim through a couple of the ones that uh it made the press and and maybe you can confirm some of the things that that you've heard seen or put into play that that certainly are are real and live and ready to go in 2018 let's talk about the the tax rate changes and the lower individual tax rates do you have a a list of what those rates are the rates to be
1: effective are 10% 12% 22% 24% 32% and 37%. And that's being reduced from the original, which were 10%, 15%, 25%, 28%, 33%, 35%, and 39.6.
0: A lot of percentages there.
1: Yeah, but they kept it to seven. They kept it to (laughs) seven.
0: There you go. And uh, now my understanding is these rates are not permanent. That there's a sunset provision.
1: Yes, and they do stop at December 31st, 2025.
0: You know, there's a new new term in our vocabulary. It's sunset Set. provision. And that means when, when all of these things expire. So they're not permanent. Correct. Okay. We heard a lot of uh, information and, and obviously received uh, quite a few questions regarding changes in capital gain rates and qualified dividends going forward is there any change in in that area
1: there hasn't been a, any change in the rates they're still going to be the 0% taxation and the and, you know so right now there is the 15 and 20 and all they did was use the existing brackets and they indexed it for re- inflation to make it anybody in the 15% or lower bracket will still pay 0% and anybody above below the thirty nine point six will pay the or in the thirty seven percent bracket will pay the twenty percent tax.
0: So no change in the capital gain. I guess that's. I mean that's a that's a good sign. Correct. And there are no sunset provisions for the capital gain as far as we can tell.
1: No, there is not, and then there still is that net investment income tax which came out too because of the Affordable Care Act. You know, for the three point eight percent additional.
0: They didn't get rid of that.
1: They did not get oh, rid God. of that.
0: That, that seems to jump up and bite of, uh, quite a few people. It does. Uh,
1: it does. And we
0: thought at one time that was going away. So so that's not going away. It is not. Anytime soon. We also heard, and you referred in the opening, the uh, prepayment of real estate tax and things like that. There's a new standard deduction that's coming forth in 2018 and beyond. What, are, what do you expect to see with standard deductions? Uh,
1: probably more people. Just filing a return with the standard deduction, because it's really hard to get up on a joint return to get twenty five thousand dollars of itemized deductions. So I can see a lot more people not being itemizing. I, it just seems I mean I, my clients are not going to hardly ever do they get up to twenty four thousand unless they were extremely wealthy. So uh, twenty four thousand is a high number. The, peop- the, re- the thing that people have to realize, though, is that you're no longer getting a personal exemption.
0: Take so, away the personal exemptions. Yeah,
1: so that, is it really a nice standard deduction now? Probably not.
0: This may be a little smoke and mirrors.
1: Yeah, it will. In fact, what I'm probably going to do this tax season is to run a 2017. This is what you have, and this is what's on your return. But this is what it's going to look like in 2018. We can do a tax projector, and that's where we'll give an indication of what it's gonna, how it's going to impact our clients.
0: So you you've done a little bit of modeling when you maybe maybe go that direction uh you know we've all done a little bit of modeling between the old old uh, rates and the new rates and on the models that you ran again this is not exact science but did you see anything odd i mean were the were the was anybody saving a lot of money on the models that you ran
1: Probably the wealthiest because you have to realize that They eliminated the P's limitation on the itemized deductions. So nobody's losing itemized deductions anymore, where in the past they did. And right now, their bracket dropped. I mean, all the wealthiest are paying 39.6 and under the current, I mean, the current tax rates for 17, but in 2018, they're dropping 2.6%. So I see them being able to
0: benefit. Now, remember, this is a bipartisan uh, presentation. But I understand. I understand that uh, that approach, and that's that's what we have heard from our clients. Yeah. That's what Main Street America has 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 told us. Which is our our clients. You'd mentioned personal exemptions. Let's talk about that. What happened to the personal exemptions? They're gone. They're gone. You know,
1: yeah, forever. Um, uh, until twelve thirty one two thousand twenty five. So I don't think that there's a. Um, I don't. I don't foresee them coming back. They could, you know, I think that once again, sunset, new administration, they could come back, but right now they are gone.
0: Do I still get uh, personal exemptions at the state level?
1: In Ohio, yes. Other states, I'm not sure. Uh, so it's, uh, they reduce theirs a little bit too, based upon your adjusted gross income, but overall, Ohio does provide them.
0: You and I also talked about a little bit of a byproduct of this uh, federal tax act, that the state's. Are, are, are going to catch up with this at some point in time and follow federal, the federal rules and regs or make adjustments. So I think we ought to prepare ourselves and our clients for adjustments in the state and also maybe the local taxes.
1: Any, any state that actually itemizes deductions, like California, New York too. Ohio bases everything on adjusted gross income, so the impact on Ohio probably isn't going to have to have a lot of conformity with it but it does impact many other states that actually use itemized deductions.
0: You know, we talked in the opening that certainly the, the bill was signed uh, close to the Christmas holiday, <laughs> but now it's in the hands of the Internal Revenue Service. You know, I'm not sure I know exactly how that process works, but is what is the IRS doing at, at the present time? Are they going through the how to regulate the changes, the tax forms? Any thoughts in that direction?
1: Uh, They are going to be doing that. I think they're they're going to provide some examples too. There's going to be a need for examples for the pass through entity changes. I also feel that kitty tax, and I don't know if everybody knows what kitty tax is, but in the olden days, which is 17 and before, uh, there was a period of time where, in order for if a child earned x amount of dollars under, well, this year it's under twenty one hundred dollars of unearned income dividends they were fine but once they hit over the 2100 they were paying tax at their parents marginal rate okay so it what complicated everything is that you had to combine all the other siblings with that calculation so they did simplify that and what they're doing now is they're taxing the child on at the single rates on their earned income and on their unearned income they're going to tax them at the trust rates now, trust rates are really compressed. So you hit the tax top bracket at a very, very low number, 12,000 plus. So it just, you know, it. And they did make it simple, but now we don't know what the standard deduction is. Nobody has ever been able to tell us what is the standard deduction, you know, where they're allowed to take it and not pay tax, you know, at their rates. So we're trying to clarify this. I think the IRS needs to at least tell us what that means. You know, going to our research product, they don't know. They're giving us all the old rights. So we're trying now to clarify it. And I think that this is the first law that really everything has been vague. Everybody, whether it's the research companies or the... You know, other professionals—they're just quoting vague stuff, and you're never getting down to the detail.
0: You know, that's a good point. I think uh, our listeners just have to proceed with caution on what they hear and read, where they uh, or see on uh, Fox News or any other news agency that it may not be completely accurate. Correct. Because it—it it, it is. It's not clear.
1: Right, and everybody's interpreting it right now.
0: So you're right. It is not simplified in any means. You know, give me an estimate. Since this thing came out and started coming out, how many hours do you think you've put in researching, <laughs> reading, talking? I mean, as a as a tax strategy professional, this has had to. You're excited about this, but this has consumed. I, I bet a good part of your reading material.
1: Yeah, I can look at my timesheet, but that doesn't even stop there because you're reading at home. You're reading journals, and every time you read something. Something else pops up that you're thinking about, and so it's really, it is very consuming. It really is, Dave. So I don't know where to, when it will stop. And this is the first time in any tax change that I had to actually ask our tax research provider, "What does this mean?" And when they came back and quoted me the old rules, I knew that we were all issues.
0: Yeah, we got some work to do. Yes. So the, um, and Cindy, one of the things that, that we hear that the rules for withholding income taxes on your compensation are going to change sometime in February, I guess, as soon as the IRS determines what the payroll tax forms and schedules and calculations are going to be. Is that, is that, is that kind of true in what you've you found and determined?
1: Yes, it is. You know, because remember, if you fill out your W-4, you're putting down the number of exemptions. Well, exemptions have gone away. So what are they going to use? So it is going to be a complicated table. And right now, originally, we're going to give the IRS the option to change it or not change it. But I think that the latest I read is that they are going to make some modifications to the
0: tables. Should all of us on the listening audience fill out a new W-4?
1: Good question.
0: And what do I put on there?
1: <laughs> I know just right sign now, just
0: sign and turn it in right?
1: Yeah. Some people will use a flat amount because they know exactly what they know that they're gonna have to pay in by the end of the year, so they may take it out as a flat amount over the each paycheck. Other people will use a percentage,
0: so let's get into some good stuff, okay, okay I've got uh I've got a vacation home in my personal home, and i'm I'm one of those ones who just like to carry a lot of debt on. On those mortgages, you know, I get a tax deduction for all of that. Are there any changes in the deduction for home mortgage interest?
1: They did. They actually, for any new mortgage entered into after 12 17 they're limiting the mortgage to 750 on a joint return. Or for, for 750 for everyone. And if it's a married filing separate, it's 375 That's not so bad in Ohio. You know, but if you go to states like California, you can't touch a house.
0: Left and right coast, they're in right. trouble.
1: New York is exactly the same way. So those are the states where the taxpayers in those states might have a little bit of trouble trying to, you know, get the full benefit of their mortgage interest.
0: Yeah. Hey, I've got this figured out. I I'll just have seven hundred fifty thousand of mortgage interest, Now I'll go out and get a home equity note loan and put that deck in and the pool and all of that and deduct my home equity. Uh, interest? Am I still allowed to do that?
1: Um, sorry, no, no, <laughs> there is no deduction from home home equity line of credits anymore, so you will not be able to do that.
0: So there could be. Uh, what do you do? I mean, there's going to be some people having to refinance. I would, I would imagine if they if they're concerned about that that mortgage interest deduction,
1: right? And I think it was just easier to get a home equity line than to refinance your mortgage because of all the refinancing fees and everything else. But it may be worthwhile for them to try to do that, especially if they can absorb it in their house, they have enough equity in it.
0: Sure. Let's confirm confirm the state and local real estate tax ceiling deduction for 2018. There are a lot of numbers tossed around, but what's the maximum that I can deduct on my return? The
1: tax item on your itemized deductions can't be more than 10000 thousand.
0: Ten grand. Right. Again, you have high areas, uh, cost of living areas that aren't very happy about this.
1: No, they aren't.
0: Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, you name it.
1: Yeah. And some, like in our state, we do have state and local, you know, so there, you can easily get to the 10000 And there's states like Florida that, you know, there is no state income tax, so... They might be more beneficial.
0: All right. I've got this beat. I, I, I've got another idea. This is a planning idea. I'm going to make a charitable contribution to Ohio State University. And in that contribution, I'm going to get football tickets and seating license to sporting events. See, I, if you're not going to let me write off my mortgage interest, I'm going to make a charitable contribution. Is that a good planning technique? Not anymore. Not anymore. In the past,
1: you were able to get 80% but not anymore. It's, they're totally disallowing that as a charitable contribution. So
0: they deny the deduction for college athletic events and seating rights? Correct. Oh, boy. Let's go to alternative minimum tax, which in the past has caught a lot of people off guard. Is that still in play? Is there still alternative minimum tax going to be on your return and my return?
1: Well, all, we all usually have to calculate it to see if it does apply. Although the plan was to eliminate AMT or alternative minimum tax, that did not happen. You will see now less people probably being exposed to it because of the things that they've done to it. They increased the exemption. So you have a higher exemption from the income um, that is exempt from AMT. They also increased the phase out because that exemption was further reduced if you made too much money. So right now, that phase out is higher. So there probably are going to be less people exposed to it. You're still going to have it. And without the add back for some of the itemized deductions that people were previously taken, I can see a lot more in the future. A lot of my clients not being exposed to it. You know, they were saying that one third of Americans were paying AMT. And it wasn't intended to be that way. It was intended to impact the wealthiest, you know, who are taking deductions and getting loopholes so that's, you know, was the intent of the AMT, but it kind of zapped a lot of other people or other taxpayers because of, you know, how it was calculated. And it was never adjusted for inflation until 2013. So when it started getting adjusted for, adjusted for inflation, the exemption, then it, less and less people were exposed, but there were still quite a few that have been.
0: Thanks, thanks for that um, comment on that because we get a lot of questions on all, all men the alternative minimum tax. In the in a few minutes we have left, I want to kind of wind down with with just a couple short things. Obviously, we've talked about you know half dozen tax pieces in this in this legislation. There are many, many more. We just picked out the ones that are probably getting the most airtime and the most questions that we're we are receiving. Let's sit back and and if I were to ask you, what are the who are some of the winners on the individual side with these these tax cuts?
1: Winners, um, and I think I admit, alluded to the wealthiest before, Dave, and I. They are going to be some winners in this. Parents with children under seventeen probably too, because of the winners. increase in the child t- tax credit. Yeah, um, that went up, and a lot more is refundable. I think people with Children over 17 and other exemptions, you know, that are for the, they're not getting them. So they're going to, they're going to probably be hurt.
0: So the winners, the winners, and, and again, we've, we've heard this. This is not the first, the high net worth. Uh, this is, this is a bit of a home run in some places for high net worth.
1: High net worth people, yes.
0: And what about the losers?
1: The losers are going to be the people with big income and big deductions, you know, uh, especially if their their deductions include a lot of exemptions that they're no longer able to get. So what I'm going to do this year is kind of like keep track. I'd like to see, I mean, All this right. is a, this is a good statistics program, you know, who really is benefiting and who is not benefiting. So I'm going to keep track of my adjusted gross income, my taxable income, you know, what the tax is this year and what I project it to be next year. So keeping track of some of these statistics if we come back a year from now, I can let you know who the biggest losers and biggest winners are.
0: Great. Our guest today has been Cindy Kula with Ray & Associates from Cleveland, Ohio. Thanks again for joining us on Unsuitable today, Cindy. Great uh, great presentation, a lot of insight. There's so much to talk about on this topic and individual implications on the, of the Tax Act. As you mentioned, you're keeping track We're going to have to have you come back in May, June, July, and give us those statistics after we put this in play, and we can really identify the winners and losers. Correct. Hey, listeners, we've started adding articles, tips, and other insight to a dedicated research center on RayCPA.com. tax reform. Be sure to check it out to learn more about tax reform. You can also send your questions to us at podcast at RayCPA.com. Finally, don't forget to follow Ray and Associates on social media for the most current tax reform news and information. And be sure to tune in to Unsuitable over the next two weeks for additional tax reform conversations covering implications for business owners. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes to ensure you never miss out on future episodes. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box.